if you have your Bibles with you, please turn to the book of Samuel, Second uh, Samuel, and chapter 9. It's uh, quite a famous piece of uh, scripture, Second Samuel, Samuel chapter 9. We'll read the whole uh, passage together. It's only 13 verses. Now, the context of this passage is that there's been civil strife within the kingdom of Israel. Uh, King Saul has, has been killed, and so has Saul's son, Jonathan. And David's response is when we pick up this passage here in chapter 9 of Second Samuel. He says, David said, is there anyone left in the house of Saul that I might show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant in the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and they called him to David. And the king said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, is there not yet anyone in the house of Saul that I might show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan who is crippled in both feet. So the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, behold, he is in the house of Makur, the son of Amiel in Lodibar. Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Makur, the son of Amiel, from Lodibar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and prostrated himself. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he said, here is your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show kindness to you for the sake of your father Jonathan. And I will restore all the land of your grandfather Saul, and you will eat at my table regularly. Again he prostrated himself and said, What is it that you would regard me like a dead dog? And the king called Saul's servant Ziba and said to him, All that belonged to Saul and his house I have given to your master's grandson. And you and your sons and your servants shall cultivate the land for him. And you will bring the produce so that your master's grandson may have food. Nevertheless, Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall eat at my table regularly. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. And Ziba said to the king, According to all my lord, the king commands his servants, so your servant will do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who lived in the house of Ziba were servants to Mephibosheth. And so Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he ate at King table, David's table regularly. Now he was lame in both feet. It's a really nice passage, this. It's a really tender passage. But there are several things that fascinate me about this. First of all, three times in this passage, David asked the question, is there anyone left in the house of Saul that I can show kindness and the word in the Hebrew language when this was written for kindness is the Hebrew word chesed. And it simply means this, to show an act of kindness to maintain a relationship or to improve a relationship or to hold a relationship steadfast. It's interesting for several reasons because David didn't exactly get on with Saul and Saul didn't exactly get on with David. Or at least David disliked, uh, at least Saul disliked David and showed fits of jealous rage and all sorts of things over several occasions. So why is it that David would have this attitude against somebody who sometimes tried to kill him? He wants to show kindness, but more than just show kindness, he wants to show kindness to maintain a relationship with the house of Saul or even to bring things even closer. Now, it's also interesting because as David goes on in verse 3, he says this, he uprates his level of kindness. 
he says, is there anyone left in the house of Saul that I can show the kindness of God? And the question I want to ask you this morning is, what does David mean when he says, is there anyone left that I can show the kindness of God to? Especially when you're thinking of the house of Saul weren't particularly friendly to the house of David. What is it showing the kindness of God? Is it just giving somebody a piece of bread and some soup? Well, obviously, we need to do things like we need to have social care, but I think actually showing the kindness of God goes at a far deeper level. Now, I, I work, obviously, with SGA, and I get sent out to all sorts of exotic places and wonderful places, um, but is that really what mission is all about? Because I think what David is doing here is this sense of he wants to show a kind of mission to Mephibosheth. The kindness of God is more than just handing out a piece of bread and some soup. Is being involved with mission getting on an aeroplane and going to a different country, or is it far closer to home than that? I remember learning about mission once when I was working part-time at, probably shouldn't advertise them, but it's the shop where every little helps. Uh, do, you know, do you know that shop that I mean? And uh, I was working as a pastor at the time at a village church that couldn't afford to, to pay me very well. So I worked part-time in the evenings at Tesco's. And to, to tell you what, I, I absolutely hated it. I was sat on the till. Many of my friends came to the till and they said, what, what are you doing here? Have you fallen in sin or something like that? Why is it you find yourselves at, at a till at Tesco's? And it was just really, really depressing. And other people from the church would come and say, you know, why are you sat at a till? And I thought, well, I've come here to feed my family. And I'd get pretty angry and pretty depressed about it and thinking, why do I have to sit at a till every night and just face the abuse of other people from other churches and the customers in general? And if you've worked in retail, you'll know what that's like. But one particular evening as I was going on my little motorbike to Tesco's, oh, I've said it now, there we go, and uh, I felt God just challenge my heart and say, haven't I given you a job that at least puts bread on your table and feeds your family? So I repented on my little motorbike as I went to Tesco's. And I also felt God say, that if I treated working at Tesco's as mission and had the attitude of showing the kindness of God to people, then maybe he would do things in my life. So I said, okay, God, I'm open to suggestions. And I sat on my till and passed the food across and everything else for several hours. And then there was a conversation behind me between an old lady and another lady on the till behind me. And this old lady said, oh, I've got terrible problems in my back. And the lady on the till behind me said, why didn't you ask Wayne to pray for you? Because he's a pastor. And I was thinking, no, not, not here. I know every little helps, but this is just not the place. So she turned round to me in a loud voice and she said, so you believe in God and you're a pastor and you can pray for me. And I'm thinking, well, there's loads of people here and I just don't want to get into this kind of conversation right now. So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll pray for you. So I just put my hand on my, her shoulder, prayed for her and didn't think anything of it. Usually when I pray for sick people, I'm usually taking their funeral a week later. People don't get well when I pray for them, usually. Anyway, the next day, this old lady comes back in the store, and she's wiggling around like she's on, I don't know what she was on, but she says, look, I'm so much better, and I've also told my neighbours that you will pray for them as well. <laughs> right, okay. And during the day, other people started queuing up at my till at the store where every little helps, not with baskets of food, but because they had needs, and they knew there was a man there who would pray for them. And I just started praying for them. And all sorts of things began to happen. People would come in and they would say to the store manager, we're looking for the fish man. 
and even just pointing to the fish counter for mackerel and salmon. And they said, no, no, he's got a little fish badge on. And oh, Wayne, okay, on, on the till. And it was amazing how people came in just because all I was doing was sharing my relationship with God with people. I was just sharing what I had received from God myself with the neighbourhood. Now, that wasn't my community, but I was able to plug those people into a local church nearby. And I tell you what, that was probably the most exciting mission field I'd ever been on. I ended up taking people's funerals. Some people did die, but their relatives would come into the till and they'd say, does Tesco do funerals? And I'd say, no, but I do. And uh, reach the family and things like that. So just by showing the kindness of God opens the door for all sorts of things. Here's David, but he's saying, is there anyone left in the house of Saul that I can show the kindness of God to? In other words, something that I've received from God, I want to share with other people. Surely that's what mission is all about. But here's the interesting thing. David is actually saying, I want to share what God has given me to people who don't like me. And maybe I don't like them either. That's difficult, isn't it? Think of somebody right now you don't get on with. Maybe it's your mother-in-law. Maybe it's your next-door neighbour. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's somebody in the workplace. Well, here's David, and he says, Is there anyone left in the house of Saul? The house of Saul doesn't like me, but I want to share something of God with the house of Saul. I want to share something of God with the house of Saul that will create a permanent fixture between them and me. He said, Well, wait, wait a minute, David, you don't exactly like Saul. I know he's dead now, and it's probably a relief to you, but why would you want to firmly establish a relationship with a family group whose head of that family group was trying to kill you? Well, this is where David something, does something truly remarkable. David is a little bit like the Apostle Peter. Sometimes David does things really badly, like Bathsheba. That certainly wouldn't happen in the UK, would it? Nobody's going to have a bath on their rooftop in the UK because our weather is so bad. But obviously in Eastern times, weather was a little bit better and David took Bathsheba for himself. But this is one of those rare occasions where David actually gets something right. And he declares it publicly in front of his royal courtyard that actually I want to bless the house of Saul. When you look at monarchies, when a king dies and the next king takes over, what's the first thing they do? They go through that deceased king's family and bump everybody off so they can't come back and remove him. And they create wealth from themselves by taking the deceased king's property and homes and family and using them from slaves and property for themselves. David does totally the opposite. He says this to Mephibosheth, everything that your grandfather had, I'm going to restore to you. But what is the kindness of God? As we come down this passage, David says this, verse 7, I'm going to show kindness, don't fear, but you will eat at my table regularly. So he's not just returning property to Mephibosheth, but he says, I want you to come to my house. Now I think of some people I don't get on very well with, and to have them in my house, well, possibly, to have them at my meal table and have fellowship with me face to face, that's a totally different matter altogether. And yet this is what David says to Mephibosheth, I want you to come and eat at my table regularly. I had a, a hearing checkup last year. My wife says it, it didn't make a lot of difference because I'm still deaf, but maybe that's just a man thing. And uh, I was listening into a conversation in, the, in the, the cubicle beyond, and there was a hearing assistant talking to somebody else. And this, this lady was saying how her teenage daughter brought one of her teenage friends home. And when they sat at the meal table together, the teenage daughter's friend, if you're still with me, started crying. 
And they asked her, why are you crying? And she said, in all my life, I've never sat at a table to eat before. This is the first time I've ever sat at a table to eat. Usually our parents just give me some food on a plate and stick us in front of the television, tell us to be quiet, and that's it. Fellowship is something more intimate than just what we see around us. And so David is saying, I want you to be so close to me that you're eating the very food that I'm eating. In fact, I want to provide to you the food that I'm eating. As I heard this story, I thought, how very, very sad. But it kind of reflected on the fact that people have friends, but they don't have deep relationships in the world today. David continues, and he says, I want you to eat at my table regularly. Verse 10, it says that Mephibosheth ate at King David's table regularly. Verse 11, it says he ate at King David's table as one of the king's sons. It's interesting because as Mephibosheth comes to David, he says, why are you regarding me? I'm just like a dead dog. Now, I've, I've got a dog and he's very much alive. I've got a little whippity thing. Shall I tell you what a dead dog looks like? Because I saw one in a faraway country uh, just two weeks ago, three weeks ago. You could tell what kind of tread the car had by the marks on the dog's head. You know, it, was, it wasn't a Michelin. I think it was some, some Russian brand of tyre. Its tongue was hanging out. And its eyes were hanging out. It was in a real mess. Lots of flies around it. That's the image of a dead dog. Here's Mephibosheth, who's crippled in both his feet, and he says to David, I can't even serve you. I'm totally worthless. I'm like a dead dog. I can't offer anything to you. And yet David still says to him, I want a dead dog at my table. You know, this reminds me of another table that we have in the New Testament. Do you know that table that I'm talking about? The King of Kings table, where we before Christ are just like dead dogs. We have nothing to offer God, and yet we are invited to sit at his table regularly. And as David invites Mephibosheth to sit at uh, his table, it says this, that in verse 11, Mephibosheth sat at King David's table as one of the king's sons. It's interesting, as Mephibosheth sits at the king's table, who can see that he's a cripple anymore? His crippledness is hid from the table. And so from the bottom down, nobody can see that he's a cripple. He is absolutely perfect in the sight of all around. You know, as we sit at the Lord's table, there's a very real sense that it also covers our spiritual crippledness. John's Gospel says this, that he gave us the right to become children of God. Can you begin to see some of the parallels here? Where in verse 3, David says, Is there anyone left that I can show the kindness of God? All he's doing is simply sharing the relationship of God that he has with Mephibosheth. David says in Psalm 23, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There is something special about meeting together around table fellowship, but David ultimately knows that one day there is the king of kings table that he will sit at. So Mephibosheth eats regularly, he eats the king's food, he's, he's no longer counted a cripple, this is done publicly so everybody knows that David is blessing the house of Saul. Verse 13, it says this, So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he ate the king's table regularly. And then there's this little phrase, Now he was lame in both his feet. It's interesting that that passage should end with a repeat of everything that has gone on. But verse 13, it says, Mephibosheth lives in Jerusalem. That's not where he starts off. If you notice further back in the passage in verse 5, it says, 
And verse 4, it says that Mephibosheth lives in a place called Lodibar. And Lodibar is exactly how it sounds. It's a low place. It's a difficult place. It's difficult to grow food there. It's got bad employment problems. It's just a really horrible place to live. And as soon as you open your mouth and people say, where do you come from? People, and you, you were to say, Lodibar, it's like saying, I come from Bogner. Now, I'm really sorry if you come from Bogner. But it's one of those places in the UK, like Ramsbottom. You know, why on earth do they call a place Ramsbottom? It doesn't sound like a really nice place to come from, does it? And Lodibar is one of those places that just sounds, and I'm sorry if you come from Ramsbottom, but it's just, it just sounds really odd, doesn't it? So as soon as Mephibosheth says, I come from Lodibar, everybody thinks, well, you know, what good comes from a place like that? And so what David has done is taken him from that low place and put him into Jerusalem. What's David doing? Really, what is the kindness of God? Because we started our time this morning by thinking, what does it mean to show the kindness of God? It has to be more than just sitting at a table. It has to be more than just showing kindness by restoring your family wealth and fortunes. And I think what David has done is three things. And I think it's like a a, a proto-gospel in the sense of we can begin to see something of the gospel presentation even with this, this passage. And I think the first thing that David has done in showing the kindness of God towards Mephibosheth is deal with his past. Sounds like the work of Jesus on the cross, doesn't it? Well, that's exactly what Jesus did. Because before you came to Christ, you came from that lowly bar place. You came from a place of sin. You had nothing to offer Christ. And just as Christ has dealt with our past, that's exactly what David does with Mephibosheth. He no longer lives in the place of the past. He lives in the place of blessing with the king. He deals with his past. The second thing that David does also reminds me of the work of the gospel. There's the sense of for Mephibosheth, now his present is blessed. He lives in the place of the king. He has fellowship with the king on a permanent fixture. The third thing that he does is deal with his Future. So his past is dealt with, his present is blessed, and his future is secure. There is a movement from one place to permanently remain in Jerusalem. But I think the details can even go further than that. If you look in the chapters before uh, 9 and 8, chapters uh, 6 and 7, you'll see that David is actually thinking about building the temple in Jerusalem. And I think what David is doing in showing the kindness of God is more than just providing a meal and restoring family fortunes to Mephibosheth. He's dealt with his past, his present is blessed, but how is he securing his future? Because I think showing the kindness is simply, of God is simply this, that we want people to be in the house of God next to us, worshipping God. And I think this is what's happening for Mephibosheth, that one day when the temple is built in Jerusalem... David, I think, is saying to Mephibosheth, I want you in that place of God. I want you in the house of God standing next to me. See, it's good having you in my house, but actually I want you in God's house. And you'll notice a little detail that goes on even deeper in verse 12. It says, Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Mika. You see, Mephibosheth, his future is sorted out, but what about the next generation? You see, by sharing the kindness of God, we deal with their past, we we provide blessings for their present, but we also think of their future as being secure, that the next generation will be found in the house of God. 
Aren't you glad that somebody shared the kindness of God with you? See, it's more than just a piece of bread on a plate and a bowl of soup. We need to do those things, but actually showing the kindness of God is sharing what God has already given with you to those who do not know. And sometimes those who do not know might be those who you dislike. That's the challenge that I face. My difficult neighbours, people in the workplace. Well, it's a bit different for me because I work in a mission and I work with some really great people. But I know in the past things have been difficult. But that is what showing the kindness of God is all about. That our past is dealt with, our present is blessed, and our future is secure. And as David said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This life that we live here and now is not it. There is a future life to come, and David could see that. Our future life is to be found in Christ. What about you this morning? As you have received the kindness of God into your life, that's why you're found here in the house of God. It's exciting to see so many young families and children here so that the next generation is also found in the house of God. I think that's what is on David's heart when he says, is there anyone left that I can show this kindness to establish, to strengthen a relationship with even those I don't like? That's exactly what Jesus did on the cross for us. Ultimately, the, the greatest kindness of God was done on the cross, where Jesus took us from that sinful place, that low place. He dealt with our sin, your sin, my sin, in order that this life is blessed because we walk with God and to know that our future is also secure. That's what I think of the heart of the gospel is. That's what I think mission is all about. Mission is just sharing something of what God has already given to us. And if you've got time this afternoon when you go home, have a look at chapter 7, and you'll see how David is just so enthralled with his relationship with God, so much that it's almost as if he cannot contain it for himself. And he has to pass something of the blessings of God onto other people. Surely when we're gripped with that same kind of passion for the lost, that what God has done in my heart, I can't contain for myself. I have to tell somebody else. I, I have a friend, and uh, I'll leave you with this thought. It's not a very spiritual thought, but it might help. I, ha I have a friend who, who recently bought one of the latest Dyson digital bagless vacuum cleaner things. And I tell you what, he just talks about it all the time. I, I was thinking to myself, if this bloke was a Christian... And he felt the same way about Christ. I wonder how many people would be touched by the love of God because he's so passionate about worldly possessions. Well, here is David. He's just so enthralled and passionate about what God has done in his life. He can't but help to publicly declare to other people, hey, I'm going to show the kindness of God. I want to strengthen relationships. But more than that, I want even my enemies to stand in the house of God next to me worshipping God. Wouldn't that be amazing to see those people who you don't get on with and maybe they don't get on with you here in God's house one day? Well, that's what David is doing. Well, my time has come to an end here. Uh, and uh, I, I think, do we, do we have a hymn now, Pastor? We're going to sing together the mystery of the cross.